It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 220, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views and culture from all over the world from a Christian perspective, but open to all. And uh, thanks to all of those of you who've been in touch, uh, those who are new listeners. It's good to see we continue to grow. And uh, I don't often say this, but if you want to put a review on iTunes or Podbean or whatever, uh, podcast user you use, then please do so. Uh, I love this one this week, a refreshing and very insightful podcast that looks at cultural and world events. David is able to find fascinating stories from around the world that I would otherwise not have found and provides thoughtful commentary that you will not find on mainstream media. Absolutely recommended. Indeed it is. Now, <laughs> this week we are going to look at something, okay, it sounds uh, not great, does it? I mean, it, we're going to look at Death, famine, war and conquest, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, at least that's what it seems like. We're going to look at some pretty heavy issues, but I want to begin with a a new series we began last week, which was 10 songs guaranteed to make you happy, scientifically, of course. And uh, last week we had Strauss, the Rudetsky March. Uh, This week, I wonder how many of you will have heard of these guys. These are the peat bog fairies. And this is their song, Folk Police. Just think bagpipes and house music. Well, honestly, that just makes me happy to hear that. But as we look at some of the stuff just now, it's look. It it may it it is pretty heavy, and it may seem depressing. But from a Christian perspective, we know it's not hopeless. So let's think about first of all the economy and the war, the war that's going on in Ukraine, which is just horrendous. Uh, I think it, you know. Russians raining down missiles on civilians is really bad. But I also think that this Russian lorry driver who was blown up, possibly, by the Ukrainian services to this bridge, he didn't know what he was doing. He was given a job, apparently. I I can't see how people rejoice in war and supporting different sides and the enormous cost of this war. It's phenomenal. And the cost to the poor, not just in Ukraine, especially in Ukraine, but all over the world, Russia, 
Africa, Europe, elsewhere. But I want to consider particularly the cost in terms of the economy. Now, that's not just the war. Uh, We're going to look at a couple of things. Firstly, a recession in Germany. This is big news. It's now almost certain. Industrial production is down 9% on last year. Inflation has soared to double digits for the first time since the Second World War. Given Germany's history and its obsession, understandably, with inflation, that's huge news. It's not just the war. It is the global lockdowns of 2020 and 21. Um, It's the lowered growth in the key Asian export markets, mainly China. And it is this. Germany is seeking to replace Russian gas. And it's turned to the United States, who now provide 45% of European liquid natural gas imports, up from 28%. According to the German economy minister, at phenomenal prices. The US is benefiting from the European energy crisis. You know, the US is fighting a war in Europe And it's the Europeans, it's the Ukrainians who are paying the price, the Russians who are paying the price, and the Europeans who are paying the economic price. You know, I can't help but wonder, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken said that the Nord Stream attack offered a tremendous opportunity, those were his words, to end Europe's dependency on Russian energy. You know, that attack on that pipeline, if the Russians did it, they were particularly stupid. I think it's much more likely the Americans did it, but maybe that's being two conspiracy theories, but they're the ones who certainly benefit the most from it. But there's another interesting development here as well. The Saudis and the US. The US and the Saudis have worked together for decades, but now it appears as though they may be falling out and Biden uh, is furious with OPEC, mainly the Saudis, for agreeing to reduce crude output oil output by 2 million barrels a day next month. Now, Russia is in, are in OPEC, Saudi Arabia, India, and so on. That's the world's biggest oil producers. And it does look, you know, we, we, we tend to, you see, we see this war through very partisan eyes that is kind of Russia versus the rest of the world. But it seems to me that India and uh, China, the Arab countries, much of Africa, they're not exactly against Russia. Now, there's another aspect of this economically which is going to really affect us, and this may not be so obvious. Oil seems obvious. Gas seems obvious. But what about copper? Copper is used in everything from computer chips and toasters to power systems and air conditioners. Copper is essential to modern life. There's about 65 pounds or 30 kilograms in the average car, more than 400 pounds into a single family home. Copper is essential for an energy transition, which is going to be powered by nickel, cobalt and steel, but especially copper. Millions of feet of copper wiring are crucial to strengthening the world's power grids and tons of it is needed to build wind and solar farms and electric vehicles use more than twice as much copper as petrol or gas uh, cars. And its price is going to go through the roof. And there's going to be a shortage. I, I long for politicians, economists and others to have joined up thinking and stop thinking about, well, it's just the war in Ukraine or it's just COVID. They, they have to take into account the big picture. 
And I think the big picture right now in terms of the economy is pretty bleak. So I think we need to say a little prayer. Um, somebody sent me this. This is a band called Manchester who are, believe it or not, a Christian heavy metal band. And this is their song, Say a Little Prayer. Let's hear some of this. Thanks to, I can't remember who it was, one of you sent it in to me. Now, let's come on to plague, let's come on to COVID. Here is an extraordinary clip. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal, Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please. Say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. That is a Dutch MSP, Roos. And he's done us all a huge favor. I, I love that um, Dutch bluntness. Basically, he got one of the heads of Pfizer to admit this, to admit an astonishing statement. And that is that Pfizer did not test, were not able to say 
that their vaccine stopped transmission. Now, as I said, I think this is just really extraordinary. Dr. John Campbell, in discussing this on his YouTube channel, um, it's funny how careful he has to be. He says, you're not allowed to say on YouTube that the vaccines don't work in stopping transmission. But here is one of the heads of Pfizer saying the vaccines don't work in stopping transmission. By the way, what a lot of gobbledygook. Move at the speed of science. What's the speed of science? You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. And I did accept what people said. I've been vaccinated three times. I'm, I'm not getting vaccinated again. Um, at least I don't think so. Uh, maybe I will. Yeah, who knows? But they lied. They did lie. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got vaccinated because I think it kept me from serious illness. It certainly didn't stop me from getting COVID and it certainly didn't stop me passing it on. Here again is what they said. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines. And, and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. I think given the country... Now, I find just that extraordinary. How can politicians... Did they not know? Maybe they didn't know. But why did they say they did know? Why did they lie? And what about vaccine passports, which are a completely useless thing, because the vaccines don't stop you passing on COVID. All right. Um, it's just very, very sad to see how dishonest and confused. It's no wonder that conspiracy theorists have a field day because people give it to them. Um, very interesting news as well as regards COVID. China began stockpiling PPE months before the COVID outbreak. They began to buy them up in Europe, Australia and the US uh, around the same time, several months before the COVID outbreak. It makes you think that it had already happened earlier, I think, more than anything else. And then here's the other thing about vaccines. Denmark has banned the use of COVID-19 vaccines for people under 50 years, saying that the ban is because there's widespread immunity and low risk from COVID, but also because there have been significant side effects and you're more likely to be harmed from the vaccine under that age than you are to be harmed by COVID. Florida, the third most populous US state, has warned young men they face a greater risk of dying after receiving COVID-19 vaccines manufactured by Pfizer and Moderna than they do from COVID. It's, 
you don't know who to believe sometimes, do you? Anyway, speaking of that, let's go on to the, the third big subject, and that is climate change. This is an extraordinary statement from the UN saying this. We, well, listen to it. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. We own the science. We got Google to do this. We own the science. No, you don't. You don't own the science. Science is science. Fleming, that's the woman's name, said that the UN worked with TikTok on a project called Team Halo to boost COVID messaging, uh, as well as the tackling climate disinformation. We own the science. Fauci and the WHO claim to own the science of COVID. And the trouble is they shut down debate. Now, we've got a problem here, don't we? Because there are people who are conspiracy theorists and who have cookie ideas and all the rest of it. But that shouldn't mean, like Jacinda Ardern was trying to say, we, we need to shut down all this information. She's saying the only truth is, is, is her truth, is the government truth. But what if the government get it wrong? as they did with COVID and as they have with some aspects of climate change. Anyway, let's stick with the climate change thing. I was fascinated, a small thing here, the, win, the head of the RSPV says the charity is not going to rule out direct action to mobilise millions of people against the government's attack on nature. You know, what I find interesting is that the RSPB, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, is a great fan of wind turbines wind turbines decimate birds. But I guess they would argue, of course, wouldn't they? They would argue that uh, climate change is going to be worse. And then there's this bizarre thing. Extinction Rebellion climate activists have glued themselves to protective covering of a Picasso on Sunday at the National Gallery of Victoria. Um, bizarre, but not as bizarre as... The medical student Maddie Budd, 21, a former medical student, I wonder why she's former, who poured a bucket of human excrement over a memorial to Captain Sir Tom Moore in a protest over the use of private jets. Yeah, that's how to, f to fight climate change. But then this. Well, we'll let Johnny Cash introduce it. My pappy said when I was 17 You're six feet tall and your face is clean And it don't look right for a boy that old To not make a living loading coal Loading coal, loading coal I'm a double first cousin to a dad blame old Never get rich for to save my soul In 411 years of loading coal Loading coal Ain't never got acquainted with a dog. Loading coal. Now there is a fabulous article, and I'm putting a link to it, of Greg Sheridan talking about coal. I mean, these are facts that just so help. The Australian Strategic Policy Institute 
have highlighted two reports from the International Energy Agency and one from Bloomberg. Here are the facts. Do you want the facts? Last year, global coal-fired electricity jumped a staggering 8.5%. Overall, never in human history has more electricity been generated by coal. The majority of countries pledged to phasing out coal altogether actually increased. You hearing this? They actually increased their coal-fired power production in 2021. Coal accounted for the majority of the global net energy increase in 2021. In Asia, the top 10 countries for coal power expansion in 2021... These are in the world, by the way, but most of them Asia, China, India, Vietnam, South Africa, the Philippines, Uzbekistan, Pakistan, Indonesia, Bulgaria, Japan. Eight of those 10 nations are in Asia. Economic growth is most centered in Asia. Giving up coal in the UK, giving up coal in Germany and giving up coal in Australia makes zero difference to the amount of coal burned in the world. It's just... Remarkable. Coal increased not only absolutely, but also proportionately. Now, you can argue that 2021 was a special case. The world economy recovering from COVID, droughts producing shortages of hydroelectricity, and Russia causing high gas prices in Europe. But every year is a special uh, year, if you like. And the long-term trends suggest that the world is not ditching coal either. So, let me give you this. Indonesia relied on coal for 49% of its power in 2012 and 61% nine years later. The Philippines went from 39% to 59%. These are high population, big growth economies. They are small compared with China. Between China and India, 83% of new coal power in 2021 came from these two countries. China increased its greenhouse emissions by 11% from 2015 to 2021. The US in that time reduced its emissions by 6%, and most of that was by switching from coal to gas. Yet here in Australia, the Greens demonise gas almost as badly as they demonise coal. Grasp this. Coal provided 64% of China's energy in 2021. China is expanding coal massively. The Wall Street Journal says that by July 2022, China had 258 separate coal-fired power stations, including 515 individual units proposed, permitted, or under construction. These are new. These are new. Folks, wake up. We're living in a fantasy world. All right, speaking of fantasy world, let's shift gear completely. It's lovely bobbing along along on the bottom of the beautiful briny sea what a chance to get a better peep at the plants and creatures of the deep it's grand when you're dancing on the sand angela ransby uh, incredible actress, 96, Murder, She Wrote, most people probably know her for. That was Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which uh, as a child I just loved that film, and uh, she has died. And then, uh, I tell you what, let's move on. I'm seeing, oh, my time is going, but another huge issue, of course, is, chan- is trans issues. 
parents of children who have used the transgender youth charity Mermaids have complained because one of their workers posted explicit image and sexualized pictures online. Online, And I'm not even going to describe what it was, but it was absolutely gross. I'm sorry, but mermaids are responsible for so much harm for children. Another one of their people is uh, Dr. Jacob Breeslaw, um, gave a presentation in 2011, uh, which basically argued that they should provide services for people who are sexually attracted to children and desire uh in his 2011 paper, he compares a child to a shoe. And I'm not going to say what he says, but it was just gross. Uh, he's writing a book right now on the queer lives of children's desires. And then here's an extraordinary video. Listen to this. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three and usually up to the ages of nine. When they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender. We'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, sometimes you might not understand, sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender, but the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protectors factors and one of the best that is a harvard affiliated children's hospital which says that some babies know they are transgender from the womb from the womb wow just wow they suggested an even larger number of minors know as soon as they can talk again just wow okay enough let's have a little bit more of the peat bog fairies
All right. Um, you'll recognize this gentleman. I hope none of you take offense. Sorry, what was it again? A prawn cocktail. Oh, yes, Eva prawn, yes. Yes, and girls, too. He's not going to hardly remember at all. And I'm pickled Hank. Herman Goring, yes, yes. And Von uh, Ribbentrop's, that was another one. And four cold meat salads, please. Certainly. Well, I'll just get your hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres, which must be obeyed at all times without question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Will you please call your wife immediately? Zibor! She's in the hospital, you silly girl! Yes, call her there! I can't! I've got too much to do. Listen, don't mention the war. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it all right. So, <laughs> it's all forgotten now, and let's hear no more about it. So that's two egg mayonnaise, a prawn gerbils, a Herman Goring, and four colded salads. <laughs> Oh, wait a moment, I got a bit confused here. Sorry, I got a bit confused because everyone keeps mentioning the war, so could you... That's John Cleese, of course. Basil Fawlty and Fawlty Towers. Uh, John Cleese has caused people to... Some people, not, not, not most normal, sane people, but some people are getting really upset because he's now going to be doing a show for GB News and Graham Norton has attacked him, branding him... He's a man of a certain age, which, by the way, is ageist. And he says, Norton said, this is not cancel culture. The word should be accountability. Let me tell you this. Accountability, according to Graham Norton, means simply this. That you have to be silent if you don't agree with his philosophy and point of view. Incredible. All right. Uh, as I say, we've got a lot of heavy stuff. Here's, well, here's a trailer for one of my favorite films. Dearly beloved friends, we gather here in this time of man's great innocence. Innocence? Innocence? No? Emma. 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 Um. Miss Woodhouse, Miss Woodhouse, such news. That is the 2019 version of Emma. Emma, of course, being Jane Austen's novel. The copy of that novel has been sold at auction for £375,000, over half a million dollars. It features a handwritten message from the author. Uh, I wonder if any of my books with the handwritten message in will come anywhere. <laughs> of course not. Um, it's an American bought it, but insisted it stay in the UK. Wow. Then uh, last week we mentioned this. I've written about it with lots of links to it. This is um, following on the Essendon affair. If you don't know what that was, just go on and you'll see what it is. Here's Dan Andrews giving Christians some advice. No, they might want to have a think about whether they should be perhaps a bit more, uh, a bit more kind-hearted, a bit more inclusive. Aren't we all God's children? Like seriously, seriously. There's no place for bigotry. There's no place for stigmatising people. Kind-hearted, inclusive. Seriously, there's no place for bigotry and stigmatising people, says the Premier of Victoria as he stigmatises and is cruel and abusive to Christians. And that has consequences. I wrote an article uh, answering a journalist in this country who had argued 
uh, who, who challenged Christians, where does Jesus say anything about abortion and homosexuality? Well, I wrote the article. You can see the link. It's on the Ask website. And uh, the response was, to say the least, vitriolic, not least from the journal, the commentator journalist who banned me because I answered his question. But here's the kind of thing that gets said by these kind people that Dan Andrews is defending. Who let this porridge walk into the country? Looks to me that like immigration should check this guy's status and see if he's overstayed his visa and so on. Well, City on a Hill and Guy Mason, they have taken the opportunity and here's a wee clip from uh, a promo video they put seeking to introduce people and explain who they are. G'day, my name is Guy Mason and it's my joy and privilege to serve as the senior pastor of City on a Hill, uh, a movement of churches uh, that's united around the central mission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Uh, there's been a lot and we believe in his love for all. Uh, I know there's been a lot of questions and uh, labels thrown around in the media about two particular topics. Uh, and I want to affirm that uh, we're passionate about life and life for all people. Uh, that includes uh, loving uh, women who are grappling with pregnancies and, and new birth, uh, as well as being a voice for the vulnerable as well. As Christians, we believe that uh, life begins at conception uh, and we want to care and we want to be there to support. Uh, and this is consistent uh, with the Anglican Church and churches around the world. And we also love all people. Uh, we're not homophobic. Uh, we don't hate anyone. We're a very um, uh, inclusive and diverse community. Uh, oh, good for them. Um, I know my time has gone, but I hope you'll indulge me a little bit more. I do want to do this. I want to do, there's a video I was sent of, a TikTok video of Ricky Gervais. And I want to deal with this because we'll deal with some of it to, today and uh, I'll deal with more next week. But let's just listen to a bit of this on the, with um, Stephen Colbert. Why does the universe exist at all? Why is there something? But surely the big question is not why, but how? Well, why is it irrelevant? Okay, it? fine. How, how is there something? Because you think of God as the prime mover. How is there anything? Well, 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 I don't. I don't. This is, this is a, a ridiculous Is there a premise. prime mover? If, if is, you, there a, is there a demiurge that started everything? Well, outside science and nature, I don't believe so. Because the, the interesting thing is, th this is the thing, right? So... I'm an agnostic atheist, technically. Agnostics um, mean it means no one knows whether there's a God. So everyone's technically agnostic. We don't know. That's true. So that's true. an agnostic atheist is someone who doesn't know there's a God or not, as no one does. So you're not convicted of your atheism. Well, I am. Sure. No, I am, because atheism is only rejecting the claim that there is a God. Atheism isn't a belief system. Mm -hmm. Atheism, so this is, this is atheism in a nutshell. You say um, uh, there's a God. I say, can you prove that? You say no. I say, I don't believe you then. Mm -hmm. So, um, you believe in one God, I assume? Uh, in three persons, but go ahead. Okay, so you believe... Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but there, there are about 3,000 to choose from that have been, you know, people who believe in... I've done time. some reading, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, you believe in... You, you, you deny... One less God than I do. You don't believe in 2,999 gods, uh -huh. and I don't believe in just one more. Right. <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, do you ever have now, great gratitude? Why does the universe exist at all? Ricky says that's not a question. He says, How? Interestingly, he doesn't actually answer his own question. He just assumes that people can. But actually, 
how, how does it exist? How does something come from nothing? Or how did the, is there something that's always existed? Ricky can't answer that question. And he's so smug. Now, here's the incredible thing. You, if you come across this argument, you listen to that argument, you think, well, it sounds good. No, it doesn't. Listen, listen very, very carefully. Follow this, the logical steps of this. He says that atheism is only rejecting the claim there isn't a God. Atheism isn't a belief system. But he bases that on his belief system, which earlier he had said, if you listen carefully, outside science and nature, I don't believe so. So Ricky believes there's only materialism. Ricky's not a scientist, but he, is, he has a belief in naturalism or scientism. The only things that exist are physical things. Now, he can't prove that. He doesn't know that. He believes it. That's his faith. It is his belief system. And when he says everyone's an agnostic, no, they're not. I'm not agnostic. You say you can't know that there's a God. Well, yes, you can. You can know. I do know. It's the most logical position. I mean, it's like, I guess you could say you can't know anything at all. But yes, you can know that there's a God. I know that as well as I know anything. And then there's this, this argument that gets used all the time, and it's so pathetic. And yet, when, when it's used, you, you hear the audience clapping. You believe in 3,000 gods. There's 3,000 God. Uh, and I just believe in one, you know, one less. You, you don't believe in 2,999. I don't believe in 3,000. Well, Ricky's got his facts all wrong completely, which shouldn't surprise you, but... No, there are actually millions of gods and there have been in human history in, in that sense. But in the sense of one God who created everything, one almighty God from whom everything comes, by definition, there cannot be 3,000 or 30 million of these. There is only one almighty creator. Ricky's point is logical nonsense. People think it's clever and smart but only because they themselves have a belief system which shuts out all other points of view and limits their thinking to a very narrow scope. All right, I, I do think uh, time to go. Thank you for being so patient with me. Let us know what you think of all of this. You can go to the Podbean fundraiser and help support it. You can send us news and views or anything else. Go to the www.theweflee org for all the links, or you can go to our new website, uh, ask.org.au I'm going to leave you with a lovely tune from Haddon and Mirren Jones. It's Fight the Good Fight, the old hymn, a new arrangement. Beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, we're in a fight. Believe you me, the, the, the level of abuse and attack I've had this past week has just been astonishing. Ah, back to the good old days of the Scottish Secular Society. The hatred, the ignorance, the prejudice and all that's going on in the world as well. Well, we're fighting the fight. We're not going around killing people. We're not abusing people. We're pointing them to Christ. We're pointing them to the God who does exist and who we do, we do know exist. The God whom Gervais and others, in their arrogance and ignorance, deny. But we pray that he will reveal himself to them. And if you're listening to this, you're not a Christian, I urge you to seek Christ. God bless you, and see you next week. Bye. Fight the good fight with all thy might. Christ is thy strength and Christ.
Christ thy right. Lay hold on life and it shall be thy joy and crown eternally. Run the race through God's good grace. Lift up thine eyes and seek his face. Life with its path before thee lies. Christ the way and Christ the prize. Cause care aside, lean on thy guide. His boundless mercy will provide. Lean and thy trusting soul shall prove. Christ is thy life and Christ thy love. Amen.